Temple fans, and welcome to the first official podcast here on North Broad Street. Today is Sunday, July 29th, and we're looking forward to turning this into maybe a weekly thing that we do here on the site. I'm looking forward to this first one, see how it goes, and hopefully if you have any feedback, you can let us know what you think. Our first interview, first guest joining us on North Broad Street is Michael Ranovics who is the CEO and founder of The Ball. The Ball is the Basketball Alumni Legends League, which is an up-and-coming summer basketball league dedicated to players who just missed the cut, maybe on making the NBA or guys who are playing overseas. Basically, guys from your local area playing Division I basketball who you, th- you always wonder, how did that guy not make the NBA? As far as Temple fans, a great example would be a guy like Deontay Christmas. You know, we always thought that he'd be the one that would get drafted of all the owls on that squad, but it just didn't happen back in 2009. So the ball basically allows this idea for guys to come in representing their school as well as their area and hopefully make a name for themselves, give them some more exposure as well as that ability to play basketball in the summer. So we're looking forward to this podcast. It's a great, great league coming out. A bunch of showcase events we'll talk about later in the show. Um, Hopefully you'll be able to get a chance to get out there and support not only the Temple players, but the rest of the big five that will be supporting Philadelphia. And uh, very thankful for Michael taking the time out to join us on the show and looking forward to many more podcasts. So hope you guys enjoy and Thanks again for tuning in. My first question is how and when your idea of the ball emerged? Well, how is, and it's actually it was sort of organic to tell you the truth. It wasn't like it, it all came together in my mind at one time. But the origin of it stems from uh, me being a Stanford basketball fan, as I have been for a long time. and. We had a point guard and Arthur Lee who, uh, who actually led Stanford to the Final Four his junior year in 98. And after uh, all these incredible things he did to the program and then you know, dominating Jason Terry on the senior night to clinch the first Test 10 championship in Stanford history, he went undrafted and uh, we never got to see him play again. And so that was really when the first thoughts entered my mind about, I mean, first of all, I just, I just thought it was crazy that a player like Art Lee wasn't going to be in the NBA. There's no room for a guy like that. And I started to think about other Stanford players who hadn't made the NBA. And I, I just kind of paid attention to that over the years. I saw many other great players like J.C. Jacobson, who got a cup of coffee in the NBA, uh, Chris Hernandez players like that, and I started to think about this, this idea that there, if you really add it up over the years, even from just one of these programs, there is so much talent, so many great players that end up playing overseas or in the D-League, and uh, you know, all conference level guys, and fan favorites, so I started to, to, to look, uh, look more at what the possibilities would be across the country, and uh, Specifically, when I mean, I think it it really started to to gain momentum after I was working on a documentary film project on 
on the Stanford basketball program when I followed the team all through the 0304 season and uh, really got close to the team and got to know the players. And once I really uh, it just made it more, made it closer to home for me, where I became more conscious of what their future is held. And, uh, and also that team, it was an incredible team. We had St. Joe's uh, that year here in Philly going undefeated through the entire regular season. Well, right. Stanford went 26-1. They didn't lose until their last regular season game. They were actually number one in the country going into the tournament. Um, oh, the only guy off that team that made it uh, to the NBA was Josh Childers. So right. they were great players. Anyway, I, I don't want to hear me talking about Stanford through this whole thing, but it just, it all came together to where I, I started to realize there was something there. At first, I just thought about it as, as something the fans would love. I mean, just obviously they know and love these players, and, and why should senior night be the last time you ever get to see them? Then I started to test the concept on, on the players themselves, on agents, on universities, potential sponsors, arena managers, I mean, you name it. And, and the fans themselves, and I really started to realize that, that this was something that could be a real business. Yeah, uh, you definitely hit uh, the perfect spot with Philly, and specifically Temple fans, because we know uh, recently Deontay Christmas went on draft, and he's another one of those guys who you sit back and you say, how the heck did this guy not get drafted? And, you know, he's one of those guys that is playing in your league, so it's a great opportunity for fans of not only Temple, but Philadelphia sports fans in general and those other areas you have it, so they, they get a chance to see these guys play again. Well, I agree. I always wondered myself why Deontay Christmas wasn't <laughs> in the NBA. I mean, that, that just baffled me that, that he wasn't drafted. Uh, things have finally corrected themselves, and he, he's going to be playing for the Celtics now. It's right. really exciting. But guys like that, it's just, it is really amazing that uh, it's that tough to get into the NBA. That a guy like Christmas isn't a no-brainer. Right. But uh, I'm sure he'll do great and he'll stick. And uh, but the, it's really nice that, uh, that he's still going to be playing in our game. Yeah. And uh, so it, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say. So it's not that if you're playing in the NBA, you can't play in our league. I mean, they're off during that time as well. It's just, we, we definitely want this league to be an opportunity for the guys that are on the outside looking in to get another shot. So, uh, yeah. So it, it, is, it is really exciting to us that uh, we'll, we'll have Christmas playing in this game. Yeah, and uh, I was going to say that the, the ball will offer these guys an opportunity, like you said, to showcase their talent and hopefully get a, a shot with someone going forward. Uh, something that you, you hinted at a little bit was that this is a time uh, that even the NBA players get a chance to maybe play because this is a summer league. So I was curious if you could talk to us about some of the benefits of having this league during the summertime. The only time you could do it is during the summertime. And that's a funny thing. In my, in my research, I realized that pretty much everything else that's been tried, other than maybe one exception, has been during the traditional basketball month. So other leagues that have been tried, they're going up against the NBA and the D-League, but uh, even more so for the markets we're talking about, but college basketball. So 
plus your high school basketball is a big deal too. So you're going up against all of the other basketball. We're going at a time when there's really not much else going on, and it really makes all the difference in the world. But otherwise, the, the fans are pretty much not going to pay attention to you, uh, nor the media or anyone else for that matter, and why would they? But during those summer months, it, it really filled a gap. Now, the other key part of that is during uh, during the summer is the only time that the, the kind of players we're talking about are available. Uh, they're, uh, you know, generally, these guys are going to be playing overseas uh, during the traditional basketball months, and they, they finish up. It varies, but most of them are done by mid-May. They come back to the States, just about all of them, and most of those contracts are one-year deals, so they're free agents as soon as the season is over. So they come back, they don't know where they're going to be, they don't know what country they're going to be in next season. So it's the perfect time for them. They've got to play anyway. They don't take vacation during the summer. They're, they're professional basketball players. They need to stay in shape. They need to work on their game. And here's an opportunity for them to do those things in great facilities, in front of fans who love them, and getting paid to do it. Meanwhile, uh, it's a great uh, place for scouts to, to check out talent time of year when there's not, there aren't as many opportunities to do so. It's, it's, it's got to be the summertime. It's also when the, the television networks need content. So uh, we've got a great partner in Comcast Sportsnet, and that's, that's really going to be very important for legitimizing our league and getting the ball on the map. Right. And I know, um, since you are doing this in the summer, this summer, uh, fans from D.C. and Philly specifically will have an opportunity to see what the ball is about with these showcase events coming up next week. It's hard to believe. Can you talk to us a little bit about August 4th and 5th? Yeah, it's like, uh, just like you, I can't believe it's already, uh, it's already here. But um, it's, uh, it's really exciting for me. I mean, We've been working on this for a while now, and it's so much of it's just been research and development, figuring out the model and where teams are going to be. And here we are, we're, we're putting on a couple of games. We're going to actually see, see this in action. And uh, the, the first game is actually in D.C. at George Washington University. Uh, it's a 4 o'clock start on Saturday, and fans uh, here in Philadelphia will actually be able to watch that live on Comcast Sportsnet. And then uh, game two is up here in Philly. It's actually at, uh, at St. Joe's at Hagen Arena. That's an 8 o'clock tip-off on Sunday night. Uh, that's the fifth. And uh, again, both games are Philadelphia versus D.C. Uh, and we've got incredible lineups of players. I'm, uh, the, I'm just thrilled about uh, who we've got playing in these games. And um, just can't wait for it to get started. Yeah, and I know uh, Temple fans specifically will definitely want to check this out. There's four or five owls that are listed on this team that are, you know, pretty recent, and it'll be neat because I know they're, they're fan favorites, at least in the big five. So definitely looking forward to that. And another thing that I recently got word of is for the students, because I know we have a lot of students that read uh, North Broad Street. Um, I know you guys are doing a promotion that if the students wear their school colors and bring their IDs, they're in for free. That's right. You know, we just feel like it's really important to create the right kind of atmosphere. And this is a professional league, but it's one with collegiate sensibilities. It's 
there's nothing better that I can think of to, uh, to live up to that and to actually have a student section. And I know it's summertime, but there's still a lot of, a lot of college kids who, uh, who live in Chile during the summer. And so we want to give this opportunity for them to come out, to wear those colors. I want there to be a lot of spirit in the air and uh, want to encourage them to, to bring the noise. But uh, yeah, we, we welcome all the college students in the area who can make it to, uh, to come on in uh, and fill up free admission. Yeah, uh, and you know, it makes me laugh a little bit because it'll be interesting to see how this works. On the 5th, when you come to, to Hagen Arena, you'll have St. Joe's fans, Temple fans, LaSalle, Penn. You know, all these teams are just coming together, and you're going to have all these students who dislike each other during the season trying to cheer for one team. But that kind of that's what's so unique about it and just makes it more entertaining is that, you know, rather than this being a matter of big five teams playing each other, it's the big five teams really together and representing the city. Yeah, you really don't get that opportunity generally. It's, it's all about whatever school uh, the player plays for and what school you root for as a fan. But uh, I think you know, bringing all these guys together and all the fans together and having this team represent the city of Philadelphia, I, I just think it's so cool. And, and I mean, I, I was so drawn to Philadelphia. I've never actually had quartering the league here. Huh. Uh, so Philadelphia is... is pretty central to, to the whole to the whole deal and uh, one of the things that really drew me was the big five and I, and I guess I should say city six dreadful uh, you don't have this situation anywhere else you have all these great programs in 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 the area and um, and I was actually at the Herb Good dinner a couple months back and uh, really got to see it firsthand and how uh, the camaraderie actually between the, the programs and uh, where I come from in the San Francisco Bay Area, you've got a, a bunch of Division One programs, mm-hmm. uh, some really good ones, but they uh, they pretty much ignore each other. They hardly hardly play each other. And so you don't have that kind of tradition that you have here in Philly. And I just love it. As a, as a guy who loves the college game, uh, there's no better place. Right. Yeah, and we, we appreciate that. It's very cool. I didn't know that you were headquartering here, so that, that's... That means a lot and just shows how, how much uh, Philadelphia will mean to this league and you know how, how it could help blow this league up. So I just wanted to talk a little bit more about uh, this Philly team. And I was curious because this is, these are showcase events and then you have your soft launch in 2013. Now, are there any plans in place yet? Or are you in negotiations where uh, the team, the Philadelphia team, would end up playing their home games, or is it too early to decide that? It's a little early. Nothing set in stone yet. We're having this game at St. Joe's uh, Hagen Arena, as I said. But uh, as far as next year, it, it's open. Uh, I mean, Leah Cora Center would be a would be a, a high high consideration. Um, it's actually a place that we couldn't have held this event at because they, they actually had the scoreboard down for uh, for some some maintenance. So uh, uh, otherwise, that would be a, a good place to have it as well. Yeah, I I think you you really can't go wrong uh, at almost any Philadelphia arena, but you know Hagen Arena is perfect uh, to start with, and you know it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty exciting. The other question I had about this Philadelphia team, and this is also looking ahead, was 
Um, do you know if any of these guys have have decided you know they'll they'd be interested in playing next year for the soft launch? Well, everyone I've talked to is definitely interested. It's a little early for anyone to commit, and we're not actually looking to sign anybody for next year yet. Anyway, gotcha. uh, there are still a lot of things to to work out before we would even be trying to to sign anyone to a contract. We're probably going to be doing that next spring. Right. So. Gotcha. All right, two more questions for you, Michael, and I appreciate your time. The first question is, we talked a lot about D.C. and Philly being the headliners for this showcase event. What are some of the other markets that the ball is looking at as it expands? We are looking at uh, a bunch of markets up and down the East Coast, uh, all the way south to North Carolina, really Raleigh and Charlotte. So we'll probably have two teams in North Carolina. And there's definitely enough programs in that state to, to support that, and, and absolutely the fan bases as well. Um, and then uh, Richmond, which is more recently emerged as a, as a true college basketball hotbed, right. uh, but uh, definitely a strong market where, where we're looking at there is uh, the arena at TCU, the Sequel Center. And uh, other than that, uh, looking at New York, uh, Syracuse, uh, Hartford, Connecticut, potentially Boston. It's not really more uh, your traditional college basketball hotbed, but certainly a hotbed for basketball. And with the, the rise of Harvard, and, and uh, you know, there's several good programs there. That might be a, a possibility as well. So we're looking at uh, like Lehigh Valley could be a good market for a team. It's very cool, very cool. And I know the New York Lehigh Valley idea, even Connecticut and all, it is, you know, driving distance for a lot of fans. So maybe you'll you'll get in D.C., you'll get a lot of fans going back and forth to help, you know, sort of grow this thing. But that's very cool and good to know going forward. So my last question for you is almost a two-part question. I hinted at this 2013 soft launch. Could you talk to us a little bit about what the soft launch will look like and then ultimately, your official launch the following year, 2014, what, what you're hoping to have going at that point? Yeah, I mean, basically, we're just taking this one step at a time. And that's, that's the idea behind doing these two showcase events. Just walk before we run and, and give people a chance to take a taste of this. Um, and we'll be learning from it as well. So then in 2013, we're talking about four teams playing an eight-game schedule. You know, a short, a very short season, about four weeks, and then it's in 2014 that we go full tilt for the first time. So you're talking eight to 12 teams playing a 24 game schedule. We'll have two divisions, the north and the south. Most of the most of your games will be within your division, so that'll cut down travel, help create some some real rivalries, which are already kind of built in because of where these players went to school. And then uh, and you'll have uh, a fly into the other division for one one road trip. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but that's the plan, and then it'll just keep going from there. I mean, ultimately, we see over 30 markets across the country for this concept. So it, it, eventually, we'll get all the way out to the West Coast, you know. Yeah, and uh, obviously, you want to take it one year at a time, but hearing you talk about this just gets me very excited as a Philly sports fan. I'm very looking forward to the showcase events and what the ball is going to bring to Philadelphia and the other markets that you're trying to go into. Once again, that was Michael Ranovics of The Ball, the Basketball Alumni Legends League. 
joining us for our first official podcast. Very, very excited about what this league can do. For more information about the league, you can check out their website at www.the-ball.com. They also have a Twitter. If you want to follow them, it's at the ball hoops. And we'll definitely be putting out more and more information. We will be in attendance for the showcase event going on August 5th at Hagen Arena, as we said, an 8 p.m. tip-off. For those who want to watch it on TV, you can watch it on Comcast Sportsnet. And we're really hoping that this idea really blows up. It's a great idea to see former Temple players, former Big Five players, and guys that sometimes you, you really wonder what happened to them. If they fell out of the loop, they're still even playing basketball. So this has been the first podcast here on North Broad Street. Looking forward to many more. Thanks again for tuning in. For more information about our site, you can check us out at northbroadstreet.com. You can follow us on Twitter at North Broad and also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash North Broad Street. Thanks again for everyone tuning in and we look forward to joining you in our next podcast.